0: welcome to uncorked another podcast brought to you by team corker i am so excited to have a very special guest Diane, I have been calling you dope mom and had to remind myself that you actually have a name and your name is Diane, but we can find all things about Diane online at dope mom life and you are hailing or currently I should say currently in Denver, Colorado while I am up in British Columbia and I am so grateful that you're on with
1: us today. Thank you for having me, and yeah, and you can say I hail from here, because born and raised.
0: <laughs> born and raised in the mountains, which is super appropriate, because we were connected through a very dear friend, Jackie Carr, who's obsessed with the mountains, and Jackie was just raving about you, and and the work you did with her goal hike group in
1: heading out into the mountains, which I think was in Evergreen, is that right? Well, we actually did a virtual hike for my hike, you know, we're quarantined. So we did a virtual hike, but yes, I would have loved to be in Evergreen with her.
0: <laughs> well, let's go there. I mean, yes, COVID. I, I don't forget, but I realized that, you know, we were in a pandemic before we decided to start rioting appropriately and lockdown has been real. And yet before lockdown, you have dedicated your work to i mean, many things beyond just being outside. I'm not even going to pretend that I can riff on it all. Tell me. Tell me what you're up to in the world right now, Diane. You said tell you what I... What are you up to? I mean, I want to say oh, what I'm up to how... in the world. Yeah. Yes. I don't yeah. want to use my words. Words <laughs> are no. better.
1: So good. So, I mean, I just from as for as long as I can really remember, I'm born and raised Colorado, Colorado Springs specifically, which is super conservative and very white. And so... I grew up with a lot of just identity issues, problems with my identity, just based off of I didn't look like everyone that I grew up with. And that made me very, very different. So when I decided to leave corporate America, and that's a whole thing, my mom died, and I went a little radical. And then I left corporate America and really sat around and tried to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But I knew that I didn't want to be unhappy. Like, mom was super dope, but I I believe in my heart that she didn't die happy and fulfilled. And so I was like, I never want to do, I don't want to do that any longer actually. So I sat around and I just really was like, what does Diane love and what does she love to do? And that's video. I love to be in front of the camera, behind the camera, with a camera. I keep a camera in my purse, outside (laughs) of my phone camera. Just (laughs) love all things video. So I I started a mommy vlog called Dope Mom Life, and it was to be a representation for my community. So to create fun content that would engage my community and get them to do fun things and then teach them my way of life if they were interested in knowing that and understanding that and started a video production company and then just started really educating myself on disparities and inequities and you know, just really the flight of my community and having conversations with my dad who grew up during the segregation era. And I decided that I would be of service to my community. It was like the perfect storm, kind of like what we're going through right now with um, COVID and then another Black man being killed and then the world seeing disparities and being like, oh my God, this, like you guys have been living in a different America than we have been living in. Um, That was kind of how Dope Mom came to be. I was on a shoot and, um, it was in a coffee shop in a gentrified, in an area that's about to be gentrified. We know sh- coffee shops are like, hey, we're coming in to take it over. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this conversation there with my client and it it fueled my fire. And I I was like, anything that I do with the rest of my life will be of service to my community. And so that's what I do now.
0: Mm. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, because the power of video allows us that aren't in Denver to have access to your work. And that is really beautiful and incredible. And near and dear to my heart is nature and is getting out and adventuring. And I know that it's important to you as well. And in that, I mean, granted the connection of hiking, though, albeit virtually, I'm wondering what the conversation is right now with you and your community around around the outdoors or, you know, as you said, having fun and doing dope things. What are those things?
1: So I guess like that's why I started the mommy vlog. I was going skydiving and um, <laughs> things and that most new me. moms do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was an old mom by the time I was going skydiving. I'd been in the game for about 15 years. So yeah, my son was about 15 when I went skydiving. Wait, was he 15? God, I'm getting old. No, that's not right. I was turning 31, and I asked all my friends, like, you guys want to go skydiving with me for birthday? And nobody would go. The running theme around that was dying Black people don't do that, so I'm not going to go and do that. And I was like, well, we do, because I'm going, and I'm Black, so... <laughs> Here we are. But that that's a representation of an even bigger problem and an even bigger issue, right? Like when we don't see ourselves in certain spaces, we don't believe that we can do it. So a lot of mm-hmm. Black people like have to start groups like Black people hike and Black girls hike and mm-hmm. then it gets national attention because, right, because of all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to be, you know, I want to create content so they could see us outdoors doing this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, being a Colorado native, we love to hike, my kids hike, um, we love to be outdoors. We horseback ride, we zip line, we do outdoor stuff because we are born and raised Coloradans. This is what we do. So, yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So this is what we do. These are my people. This is a community and we're in a crazy ass time right now. As you said, it's, it's not so crazy. It's just, you know, it's finally getting a fraction of the attention that it deserves. I can't help but ask what is the most important conversation you are having right now in your community?
1: I mean, I can't expose some of the trade secrets because we just have to do some stuff together as a community, mm. but I will definitely say it is, it's time for us to continue to hold our allies and accomplices accountable to continuing this fight long after it's, you know, the, the sensationalization, is that a word? Cause if it isn't, yeah. I just made it up, Yeah. But no, it's, <laughs> it's a word. But anyway, <laughs> long after this has died down and it's not being you know plastered all over the media because the next thing has happened mm-hmm. this is a fight that we have to continue to hold people accountable to because we can never get away from it right mm-hmm. like the main conversation i've been having outside of my community is like i'm not new to this i'm true to this y'all are just now seeing ah. this. and so oh. yeah it's holding it's holding the people that don't look like us accountable to making sure that they continue to say black lives matter yeah. and when they see something, they speak up and they act, and and they don't remain silent anymore. So, yeah, yeah that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, enough said. <laughs> I I really like your poems. You're good at rhyming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? These are really just <laughs> what do we <laughs> even call them? They're like Black Mama sayings, and <laughs> we pick <laughs> them up throughout our lives.
0: So. <laughs> oh well I like I didn't I haven't known you know a group of people to you know rhyme like this and I just love a little poem and you're really good at (laughs) poeming as I like to call it (laughs) poeming Diane we last week a couple a couple of weeks ago now published the art of the start which was a 90 minute what was it? An online, a digital entrepreneurial summit to help get people started. And we had reached out to you because you started and you know, you've now gone on to do much more than just start and during that time, you were on a panel with a former Olympian, a wife of an Olympian, and you just casually, probably with some poem, dropped in there that you too had Olympic dreams and an Olympic pursuit. And I want to know about, I, I take it this was life before children, but there was something sweaty, and, and then you chose not to go that route. Can you riff on that for
1: me? Yeah, um, which was really dope because I was like, man. Well, I'm amongst the the energy of Olympians. So my, actually my grandma was an Olympic hopeful when she was young. My mom was an Olympic hopeful and didn't end up going to the Olympics. And I was one and then I got pregnant. Wow. So I ran track and I mean, I was, I was dope, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) And yeah, I got, I got pregnant with my son and that, that kind of tanked my career. It didn't tank it. It changed it. Let me say that. He, mm. he was my happy accident and I wouldn't take him back for the world, but he altered the course of my life. But I ran track. I ran the eight and the four and I was quick. Uh, mm. I had, I had, you know, colleges looking at me when I was in middle school. Wow. And yeah, that is like my dream deferred. <laughs> Well said. Dream deferred.
0: <laughs> there is a lot. I mean, speaking of black runners, the impact of the Olympic Games and, and racism that is occurring there. And I can't help but ask for your opinion on that. And I mean, obviously, you have three generations of Olympic dreams. I'm sure you follow track closely.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I actually don't follow it closely anymore. Oh. It's still a soft spot for me, just mm-hmm. because I went through I went through some trauma after I didn't um, once I got pregnant. So mm-hmm. that's still some healing work that I'm working on. I just mm-hmm. haven't been ready to tackle that piece of my healing yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can definitely say, I mean, it, it's right. It's no surprise. It's like you know, the NFL and the NBA is made up predominantly of black athletes. And we are often when we when we protest against anything or take a stand it's shut up and play ball mm. and or you know whatever that they shut up and do that, right, which we came here to look at you, we didn't come come here to hear you, and we don't care about your flight, we just care about you entertaining us, which has been America's history with black people since the beginning, so And I have my own views on on organized sports and the NFL and the NBA, and we don't have to get (laughs) into that mess. But I will definitely say that, I mean, it's not anything new, right? The racism that happens on the field isn't anything new. Like the soccer players, I think in Africa, they're they're or the football in Africa, they are right now um, some of the biggest players are saying, "Let's start our own league because we're treated like." trash Mm. and we don't have to be treated like this like we're some Mm. of the best and we can do this ourselves so Mm. I want to
0: apologize for making an assumption that you would follow a sport that perhaps and no I no really it's definitely I apologize because what I heard you say earlier was when there are people like us doing something, then we think we can do that too. And when there aren't people like us doing something, we don't think we can do that. And I think as a runner, it's easy to look and say, you know, there's only a few white women who can beat the black women running because you were so fast. And the reality is that, you know, that actually isn't always true. And there's probably a lot of trauma that goes along with it and a lot of racism. And a runner is a runner. And unfortunately that's not the case. And you, we, I can't say a runner is a runner because I think running specifically from an individual sport perspective has taken on, I mean, I don't follow team sport as much, but I can say that the individual sport world it's racist. It's too, it's too white.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, when we're talking about statistics and Black people make up 14% of the United States. So we're a very small percentage of the U.S. Right. Wait, that feels like a small percentage to you? Do you think it's a large one? To me, it feels substantial. I mean, because we're loud and we're proud, but no. And then when you look at the the white population, you guys make up, what, like 70% of the U.S. population? Wow. Okay.
0: Right. I guess if you think of it, like in a room of 10 people, seven are white and one and a half would be black is what you're saying.
1: Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when I walk into a room, especially here in Colorado, yeah. nine times out of 10, I am going to be the only black woman that's in that room. Wow.
0: Okay. How does that feel?
1: It's been my life. Got I it. don't know different because uh, I'm from Colorado. So that's right. been my life. Right. And my mom made sure that I didn't grow up down South, even though I spent a lot of time down South because my dad lived down there. My parents were divorced. Um, but my mom made sure we lived up North. She understood access to resources and opportunities were not where people that looked like me were at. And so mm-hmm. unfortunately, fortunately, I grew up with, with white people. I grew mm-hmm. up in those in that community And so from, since kindergarten, I've been the only one.
0: Wow, so you have grown up here. You have two children and your children have grown up in Denver as well?
1: Yes, well, so I'm from Colorado Springs. They were born in Colorado Springs. We moved up here when they were in elementary school.
0: Okay, and I, I mean, forgive me if I'm not allowed to ask this. I wonder when you look at their lives versus your life as a teenager have you noticed change are things any different now for for your children for the next generation
1: I mean our kids are going to change the world period (laughs) right like yeah these kids are so dope um (laughs) I mean like when they were younger definitely I made sure that that they went to schools where people didn't look like them because I understood Understood the the resources and the opportunities, and there was a there was like, I think maybe like a some a quarter of school I allowed them to go to a school that all their cousins went to because all their cousins were went to this school. My kids went to a completely different school, and then I let them go to the school, and it was the worst. It was absolute worst because they didn't have the funding that they needed to be able to properly educate our kids, and so I had to take my kids out of there, and then we moved up here, and you know, they did go to more diverse schools up here. So we actually live in Aurora. I always say Denver, just people know Denver. We live Mm. in Aurora, which is one of the most diverse cities in Colorado. And so they've had a good mixture of just everybody that they've went to school with, which has been really dope. Um, Mm. And they've gotten a good education. Mm. But, I mean, they definitely still understand the differences. Their dad is actually half white and my kid and half black, and then my kids are twenty five percent black, but they they're brown skin, they look like me, and they never forget to acknowledge that they that that's not the entirety of who they are you know they they are they are white that is still that is still a part of them and I have to acknowledge that part of them and so, it makes for interesting conversations when we're talking when I'm having a conversation with their dad who does have a very different experience even than my own, and lately, me and him have really been like battling well, not battling, but definitely in some some intense conversations just around like you don't understand my flight either as a black and a white man, like in what i you know my position in the u s and how I feel and so. It makes for some interesting conversations in our home for sure.
0: I feel like dinner at your house would not be boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not ever. <laughs> not boring. <laughs> no, we definitely, oh man. And then we're just a bunch of characters. So add that.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Amazing.
1: Yeah. I have
0: to ask, you know, you said that the Olympic dream might, might have gone to rest and you have two brilliant, beautiful children and you're still so young and a character as you are self-proclaimed and dope, a dope mama. I want to know what is a dream that's left inside of your heart that you're willing to, you're willing to stand for in this lifetime? What is a dream that, that can still come true for you?
1: Oh my that's interesting. Cause I stay in a space of, of being, of working on really being content exactly where I am. Mm. So really watching my kids graduate high school and go off to college and graduate college and just being that soft space in place for them to land as they go through the world. And that's, I think that's my next big thing like I'm mm. already working to to be of service to my community which is a big thing for me but making sure that I become a multimillionaire so my kids have that soft that soft place is mm. is my next big goal that will really set my heart on fire mm.
0: yes that sounds appropriate
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and what I love is before we hit record you were saying that your daughter's turning 16 and her best friend is turning 16 and they're planning the dream 16 party and who knew that you know a sweet 16 party could feel like a wedding or could feel like your next homecoming and you're making all these dreams come true (laughs) along the way
1: listen (laughs) I also said I was sick of them don't we that out (laughs) <laughs> definitely said i'm sick of them and i love them with every fiber of my being and so i'm going to work to get this dream 16 together but sick. yes I, l- sick <laughs> I love it
0: pinterest boards real life pinterest boards yeah. oh gosh well just like that the clock hits time and we wrap every podcast with one question and that is what is currently making your heart beat faster
1: what's going on in the world the Black Lives Matter movement, and then watching the rest of the world acknowledge the inequities and disparities that have existed in America for the Black community for a very long time and not telling us to get over it. That was so many years ago, so that's not the case. 66, and we're still in it. So technically, if we really want to be real, we're still here. And that makes my heart beat fast for many reasons. Having mm. two Black children, being a Black woman, having Black brothers, you know, there's so much that has me all go, no stop. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh,
0: am I allowed to use that all go, no stop with don't mama in the house?
1: <laughs> You've got that, you got that one.
0: Oh gosh. It's honestly, it is refreshing to giggle with you from a place of knowing that you care so much and it, it is beyond, um, it's just ridiculous. And it's ridiculous that it's been 66 years that in your lifetime, that in your father's lifetime, I can only imagine the stories that he has. And I don't giggle to minimize. I giggle because it's laughable that it's it's been okay and it's not. And I hope that we have more poems and more truth and more justice in this world. And it's because of people like you that keep showing up for us. And so thank you.
1: Oh, thank you for that. And, and thank you for having me. It's been so dope.
0: <laughs> well, you're dope. All of the links will be below so people can find and follow and yeah, poem up. <laughs> keep <poeming. laughs> 잘 <웃음> <웃음>